This is Brie Larson and Destin Cretton talking about short-term 12. I'm not Grace, and I can relate to her struggle. I can relate to the bigger questions that are involved with it, but the specifics I haven't experienced, um, and I don't know anybody like her. Um, but somehow she was very clear to me from, from the very, within 10 pages. It's not just telling a story about a 20 something year old girl. It's telling a story about a human being. Um, and that, that is, that feels right. All of the, the scenes in the movie and all of the characters in the movie all serve one purpose, which is to see how Grace reacts to them. Either pulling Grace away from from her belief that she can do this, by this meaning like be a good parent, just be a good person, love herself. It's either, the scenes are either tearing that away from her or it's making her believe that she can. And this is Required Watching, where we watch the essential films from the list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm your host, Danny Taverner. And I'm Trey Epps, and today we're talking about 2013's Short Term 12, which is directed and written by Destin Cretton and starring the ensemble cast, including Brie Larson, John Gallagher Jr., Lakeith Stanfield, Caitlin Dever, Rami Malek, Stephanie Beatriz. I mean, I, hold on, let me actually go who's back. Not it just has, who's not? Who's not here? Did I name everyone that was relatively important? If you didn't get named, you're not important. Sorry. Did I say Lakeith? Lakeith is in it. Like it, like it. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> My bad. My bad, y'all. My bad. This movie is about a 20-something supervising staff member of a residential treatment facility who navigates the troubled waters of the world alongside her co-worker and longtime boyfriend. Now, Dan, it's a new-ass season. New season. New me. New season, baby. New me. We're doing something a bit different here, and... Why am I talking about this after already talking about the film? I don't know. But each month we're going to be taking a theme. That's right, a theme. And and the next few movies through that month will relate to the theme. Now, I've called this theme 75 different things, but I think I've landed on one that's called Before the Break. These are the movies that are right before right before this person broke out into the industry or right after. And today we're starting off with, again, I tricked Dan to watch one of my favorite films, Short Term 12. And the reason why I picked this movie was because I love, no exaggeration, Destin Cretton. I think he's made some really great and important pieces of, of filmmaking for me, including this movie, including I Am Not a Hipster. And, you know, he, he's a part of Marvel's the Marvel Universe now. He did Just Mercy, reteaming with Brie Larson, doing The Glass Castle, again, reteaming with Brie Larson. And I think what we have on our hands is a director and a writer who knows what they want and is unafraid to continue working with the same people. The movie I Am Not a Hipster is, I hope we'll get to it one day on the show, but it's one of my favorite films and it follows like a indie band or a musician anyway and he's trying to figure out his way back into the into the stratosphere that he once was in, in the indie stratosphere right and he brought back joel p west who who did the music for i am not hipster on to this film and we get to hear a bit of that band play later on so i i think i think this was a breakout for him as a director but 
This is Lakeith Stanfield, who goes by Keith Stanfield. This is his first film, and he was in the short film and the only person to later on become in the feature film. Not to mention, it, again, just has so many great people in it. Brie Larson, like, like this movie is what made Brie Larson get room. John Gallagher Jr., it may not be, I, I don't think he's like a home name yet. But he should be. I, he's a, a Broadway superstar, and and I, I like love he's him. That guy. Uh, where you're like, oh, that guy. He's that guy. Yes. Caitlin Dever is everywhere these days. She was in uh, what's that? What's that movie? It's Booksmart and that other Netflix TV show. She's everywhere now. Riley Malik is Academy Award winning. Riley Malik, is, you know, as well as Brie Larson. Stephanie Beatrice is in Brooklyn Nine Nine, which has been running for seven eight years at this point that's where i recognized her yep. i was like also in, in why she looks so familiar <laughs> and then of course we have lakeith sanfield which we know again his first film and and the things that he's done in his career in this short period of time has been amazing so that is why i chose this film i'm so happy it's an ensemble film where we can we're able to point out so many people where we're like we i kind of know this person or i definitely understand that ryan malik is Mario Malik or Brie Larson is Brie Larson. And I think it, I think it's one of those indie films that really gets people onto their roots. Have you heard of this film? I I feel like I've heard of it just because it's so many of their, these actors first big role, but I've never seen it. And I don't think I knew anything about it going in, but it, it was crazy to see how young they all are, but also how good they all are at such a young age. <laughs> It's like, like now, like in this movie, what, what, 10 plus years ago, almost 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. I can't do math. You ever see manic? No. Why? Who's in it? It's a movie from 2001. No, it's a movie from 2001. I think it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's first big role. Zoe Deschanel's in it. Don Cheadle's in it. No. What? What is this? It's very similar because it's also an indie film with a lot of big actors who were just kids at the time. It's also about a like center for troubled kids. Yeah. Like a live-in kind of facility like this. A lot of also kind of the same same tone. It's a little darker than Short Term 12. Sure. But very, very similar. It's it's interesting that they all these actors started doing sort of the same role. I feel like, and by the way, I, I really, I, I really want to make the joke that I was very busy during two thousand one. I had a lot going on uh, because that's because everyone did. I'll just say it came out in May. No, it, yeah, came out in May. No, wait, what? Anyways, I I think I think back then, like two thousand thirteen. If I said to you, like indie film, there's a there's a feel, there's a like there's a subject matter that you're like, I know I know what I'm gonna get myself into. Like you know what I mean? Like this was this was around the time. I mean, this is a lie, but this is the same era where like being a hipster was something that you both wanted to be and like couldn't get away away from. Mm-hmm. And soy milk was you know like, it, it was just like it's really funny how all of these like jokes of of back then you know these things getting popular end up being like a real staple for our lives now, right? Like can't go anywhere without pumpkin soy, like pumpkin scents or whatever being around us. But it was, it, it was a joke back then. And it's a silly joke now, but you get what I'm saying. 
Um, I mean, even just the the wardrobe, I was like, this is a very 2013 indie movie. <laughs> and, and like parts of it weren't so much falling into that like stare, like cliche of indie movie from that time. The way they all looked, I was like, oh yeah, this is 2013. <laughs> I. As soon as the movie came on and I saw like the color grading of everything, I was like, yep, I know where I am. Again, that movie Manic, same color grading, same <laughs> feel to it. But you know what? I, I don't think that took away from what they were doing because you know what? We'll get into it. Before we do, let's take a quick break. If you're looking to start a podcast, the best place to start is Anchor. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit the podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's easy to do everything to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, Dan, I have some fun facts. Let's hear it. All right, here we go. By the way, new thing, obviously, but for you guys who are listening, we're doing a new thing where the person who picks the film has to do some fun facts. I think we'll do some like games on trying to stump each other with some fun facts of the film. This is all, of course, assuming that we've both done research on the film. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Who knows? But I've picked this, so I have some, some facts about this. And that's, well, one, I told you how much I love this film. I read the script. That felt like a brag because that's nothing to do with what I was going to say. But <laughs> twice. <laughs> 90s. I've probably read it more than twice. So this whole, this whole film was like considered a snub for not getting any uh, nominations for the Oscars. Yeah, um, it sh- should be considered a snub. It was very deserving of accolades. And, and it got it got so many throughout the year. You know the the, the amount of awards and nominations listed on IMDb of all places. We'll show you. We'll show you how. Like again, Brie Larson spent like two years, or maybe less, and then got into Room and won an Oscar for it. And I think I personally think that was a little bit of payback for like, yeah, so, sorry for not recognizing you in this film. Of course, that's not how it works. But I, I, I something tells me that it was because she, she was just as great in that movie as she was in this movie. So Brie Larson told told the director that she had that she really wanted the role and and she told him that she had applied to volunteer at a bunch of places like this, but didn't but didn't tell the director that she had been turned down by every place that she applied to volunteer at. Which makes me think, how do you get turned down from volunteer? <laughs> yeah, she like bad with kids or something. But she's like, no, no, no. She didn't pass the background check, so therefore she could not have done this. But she played one on TV. Like I said, Lakeith Stanfield was the only actor return uh, from the original short film. And while like the other kids are fairly like everyone who isn't Lakeith, like everyone who isn't uh, everyone who's a kid is 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 fairly new to acting. How old are they all in this? Well, that's an interesting point because Rami Malek says. I took a gap year from school to do this. And I was like, what? No, I mean like in real life. How old are you supposed to be? Oh, first of all, I love Brie Larson. I want to say she was about, she was like mid-20s. Let's see, I'm doing the numbers. Lakeith was 22. 
Rami Malek was 32. Yep, makes sense. In this movie. That does not so, make sense. Seven years ago. So Brie Larson was 30. Uh, sorry, not 30, but she was like 24 or something. Yeah, 24 or something. Was she in Community? Is that, is that, am I missing a hole in Community? Anyways. No, I think that's uh, Britta. No, I... No, yeah, no, I know who it is, but it says that it says one of her credits was Community, which I think. Oh is. yeah, she played Abed's girlfriend for a couple episodes. Yes, yes, that's right. Word, yo, I miss Brie Larson. I miss- wow, their ages are all over the place. There's oh yeah. twenty nine and up, and then like twenty two. <laughs> and I feel I feel like Lakeith is like at the age of literally everyone else in this in this film, and he's playing an eighteen year old. Yeah, he's he's two years younger than Brie Larson. Meanwhile, Rami Malek is was thirty something in this movie. Yeah, I, f- I feel like he's always old, but also always young. But also always young. R- Rami, Rami. First of all, I I love Rami. I truly, truly love Rami. And I think I think sometimes when he speaks, it just sounds. It always after seeing the Queen movie, it is always sounds like his teeth are bigger than his mouth. It sounds like he's chewing on marbles. Yeah, at all times, which I think is hilarious. Let's see. So, like again, there's a lot of people who work together. Brie Larson and Caitlin Dever end up both appearing in the Spectacular Now, another great indie film of the time. Came out in 2013 with Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller. Bruh, I miss. I, I feel like there was an era of indie film that spoke to my like young 20 year old heart. And I was like, yes. I can look at this. Anyways, dude, let's get into let's get into our thoughts of the film. Why don't you go first? I loved it. It was very sweet. It was the there's a real like authenticity to how they interacted with the kids and just how everyone interacted with everyone else. Yeah. That seemed very not just like truthful, but like I don't know. There was like a simplicity to the interactions. Like it was like, Hey, I'm just here for you. Yeah. It was sweet. I, I, I think it. you really felt you. I think you definitely felt their warmth throughout the entire thing. I have two notes of the entire film because I was, I was really into it and I've seen it a billion times. <clears throat> the first one was welcome to short term 12, which I thought was a great line to have of what felt like maybe it's probably a whole lot less, but like a 10 minute scene at the very beginning of I'm introducing you to all of these adults that you need to know in all of their personalities. We have, you know, we have Grace coming along, just kind of sitting around and, you know, being the boss. We have John Gallagher's ca- character who is just telling Shits stories. We have, yeah. <laughs> we have Stephanie. Like he's, but he's telling the story of essentially what we're going to see. Right. And, and more or less. And there's Stephanie Beatrice, who's, who plays a minor adult in this. I actually misunderstood. I misremembered what Rami Malek's character was doing in this film. But it was great to see. It was great to continue. To, like, he had so many jokes in, in the whole thing, right? Like, not, I shouldn't say jokes. We had, like, this, like, the humor was being played off of him. And I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that we, like, we we were Rami's, Rami Malik's character in this whole thing. We're new to the whole thing. We're trying to figure it out. And, you know, the question was kept saying, you know, how are you? You know, and 
I think at all times throughout the movie, we were doing as fine as Nick. Uh, I think that's the, name, that's the name of his character. We're doing as fine as his character is doing. Like, no, we're not okay to know that this, all of this is going on. We're not okay. And like getting spit on and getting cake smashed in your face. And like that's. But meanwhile, her being like, I'm not talking to you. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm talking about this traumatized kid. Also, um, talking about the line, Welcome to Short Turn 12. Don't you love when a movie includes the title and a line? <laughs> like in Jaws when they're like, ah, there goes Jaws. <laughs> or in uh, Star yes. Wars when they're like, I declare a Star Wars. First of all, I feel like, you know that card game, I Declare War, should have mm-hmm. a Star Wars version of it. Just saying. I, 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 I don't know what else to say about the film other than really loving it. I feel like it was so tight as an exhibition of what a story can be. excuse me in terms of us i feel like it's rare it's rare it's rare that i feel like this but i feel like every scene had a purpose and every scene properly moved the story forward i didn't feel like there was fluff in anything i watched for an hour and a half movie it moved very well like it didn't feel like an hour and a half at all i think because it starts just so quickly it's just like, here we yeah. are, this is what's going on, and we're in for the ride. It what else is there? never felt rushed or, <clears throat> yeah, it was just extremely tight. I got a question for you. What was, oh, yeah. what was the saddest scene for you? Because <laughs> it's, it's a tearjerker <laughs> of a movie. I've, I've cried several times over this movie, so I'm, I'm not yeah. going to act like I didn't. I want to say the story that she tells was really sad and it was, but I think one of the saddest moments for me was I think seeing how, like it was kind of like the same sequence of seeing her just wait for her dad and like trying to drown people out with her headphones and like waiting for her dad and realizing that, you know, her seeing herself, seeing her cut, like hurt herself with her thumb and Mm -hmm. like say why I was like, Oh, that's, that's heartbreaking. That's, heartbreaking and then I, I and then i shed a little tear so that that probably was one of the saddest what about you oh there's so many like keith stanfield <laughs> trying to kill himself oh my gosh wait no hold on <laughs> go on <laughs> um just seeing brie larson's characters her trauma coming to the surface yeah while she's trying to like protect and like shepherd these kids. I think, I think that I think, see, again, talking about the ingenuity of, of writing and creating these, this story is like, we understand that like, her job is to protect these kids. Yet she, not only was she an abused child, but now she has to figure out whether or not she wants to keep a child in this life mm-hmm. that she has. And like, can she protect it? Can she, like, can she hold on to these things? And the answer is yes, of course she can, right? Because she she does it every day, but she separates those two things completely. Meanwhile, like John Gallagher's whole thing is is like I, I come from a foster home and like that's what led me here. I mean he has such a big heart and he's such a good guy, et cetera, oh, that et cetera. Scene he's was like a nice tearjerker. It was his his foster parents' birthday. It was really nice. Uh, watch, watching it a second time, I was like, damn, I didn't I didn't realize all these hints of his Latin heritage. <laughs> Yeah, he was making huevos rancheros. No, no, he wasn't. Chiliquiles? I don't know. I don't know. He's making something. Yeah, but everyone, everyone had, I, I feel like everyone had a purpose about why they wanted to be there. And it kind of directly, yeah. 
it came directly from their, their, I guess, past. Also, honestly, just seeing them like when the kids would have a little freak out and they would just like pin their arms down and just ride it out. I was like, oh yeah, that's not necessarily sad, but it was very sweet to see them just wait. And just be like, it'll pass. Be calm now. Like, yeah, no hard feelings. You got a little freak out. Everyone, it happens. Yeah. And the the crazy thing about that, which is, I I love that we get this point of view, right? Is because they are 20 year olds. They are 20 year olds with no, like, no, like social work degree, social work degree. That's not a thing. But like, they're not, they're not certified to do this. They're people who applied off the streets and got this job. And it's because they care, but they have no qualifications and no certifications to be doing this. And they're able to have that patience because, well, two things. The reality is they're able to have that patience because they're not, but they're not qualified to do those things. Like the, the black guy who was like, I guess the director or head of the, the facility, mm. like he's dealing with bureaucratic, bureaucratic nonsense. Yeah, he's right? got like, he has run to run the place. Right. And he doesn't have time to build those relationships, which again is very telling to our whole situation, right? Like I'm not going to get into it, but speaking, speaking of sad, and you, you talked about Lakeith wanting to kill himself, but the first, like one of the first real scenes that we see with Lakeith is his rap about, about his past. Mm-hmm. And I could not, I did not remember this scene to be, I remember, I remember it being really cringy and that's because I don't yeah. like this whole freestyle rap music thing. But like, I didn't, I never, I don't think I listened to the lyrics the same way. And I think being older and really understanding how people emote their pain and troubles, I was like, oh shit. Also this the scene crazy. where where they shave his head and he asks if there's any lumps. And yeah, that's why he grew his hair out. His head. Yo, <laughs> when he said I'd grow my hair out because I used to always have lumps and I'd like, cause his mom hit him. That was so heartbreaking. <laughs> it was. It was. And I, I, so I grew up next to a foster home. Like the, I, I have this memory of them build, like actually building the foster home at home. It was right. My, my school was kind of like on a hill and it, it could face, like depending on where you were in the building, it could face either side of the street. Like anyways. So I, I'd be able to look over and see this foster home being built. And like, we went, like, I remember going down with a bunch of friends and like meeting people and like kids being like wild to be perfectly honest. And just not under, I like just, I remember just not understanding what was happening in there. I was really young. I, I knew what a foster home was, but not to this extent. So then to like watch this, I was like, yo, people have fucking problems. Like, pe- like people have real problems. Not like I don't have a pencil to do my math. People have problems of like, my mom hits me in the head and that's why I grow my hair out. I don't know. Not to sound, not to sound like uh, R- Rami Malek and, you know, his old underrepresented here, children. What did he say? I want to serve <laughs> underprivileged kids. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Dude, I, before, before we get down to what's required and what isn't required, we, we talked about some of the scenes that stood out, but do you have any like absolute scene stealers? Any moments, any, any people you're like looking at and you're like, this is, this is, this is it right here. It's something special. Honestly, every scene with Lakeith Stanfield, or most of the scenes with Brie Larson, <laughs> which is pretty much the entire movie. Yeah, it was just so crazy to I, uh, see how talented they were. I mean, I guess it's not that long ago, but relatively long ago. Yeah, eight, eight years ago. 
I, I, I can't help but agree. I, I think it's an ensemble piece and I think it's hard to like pick apart like particular places that, that steal you away. But again, just watching it this time around, listening to Lakeith rap about his, his thing. And, and, and similarly, watching like Caitlin read that story about the octopus, especially knowing where it was going this time, like, this time around, kind of keeping that in the forefront of my head. I was like, oh my, like, oh my gosh. Not alone, like the performances from these two actors who are young. His first movie and her, I, th- I don't think this is her first movie, but you know, her, her just being able to cry and be a broody teenager <laughs> was, I don't know, I, I thought really incredible. Now I'm, I'm going to ask, if you could change one thing, what would it be? Constructively, not not shitting on the movie, but constructively, if you could change one thing, where would it, what would it be? So I know like the overarching story is Brie Larson's story. Yeah. And like the stuff she's going on, like dealing with in her personal life as well as with the kids. But I'd like to see more of the other characters, like more of Lakeith because he's turning 18 a week later and has to leave. And it's obviously like troubling him, but I'd like to see more of that. Or like explore just more of the relationships in this place. I I I actually agree with you. I would have loved. I, I hate that Lakeith Lakeith story. I mean, listen, it's like right, like the the D story, right? Like if not way down the list, right? But I hate I hate that we kind of had that wrapped up in a story, you know, told by by John Gallagher's character. I think I would have really enjoyed seeing like what Rami Malek's day looks like. Like what? Like what is he going? Is he going? Like is is his life? Like everyone, everyone else seems so. Like Brie Larson and, and John Gallagher seem so. It makes perfect sense why they belong, and why they're working here. And I wonder if for him it is just like this superficial thing of like I just want life experience. I'm going to be here, or like Stephanie Beatrice, who who seems so like she seems like a vet, right? She's been there for a while, but like what's her, what's her deal? I, I'm talking about the adults mainly because I think the children would have broken me down even more and I'm scared. All right, Dan, we're, we're at that place. Do you, you know, I'll go first, if that's all right. This film is required. Of course it's required. I, I think, I think it's in terms of filmmaking, seeing the words on the paper is super important. So I import everyone and I'll try to have, I'm not sure if it's even possible to have it a link in our show notes. I'll link our show notes to it. But I think it's super important to see how the, the, the words on the page translated to the film. And I think generally, it's really hard to have an ensemble cast of this caliber come together and create something so cohesive. And it doesn't feel like anyone's playing their own game. Everyone feels like they're playing the exact, like they're on the exact same page, doing the exact same thing. And for all intents and purposes, they are like a family, like it's like, like little made family, right? So I think all this like, emotional tumult that we end up seeing through like everyone's storylines, it, it feels real and you feel emotional. And I, and I think it's hard. I don't, we talk about comedy all the time. I don't think we make movies like this. I'm sure in, like independent films are, are made like this all the time, but I don't think like this film was put out in tons of theaters at the time. And I, I just don't think we were able to see things like this anymore without, without it being, Academy Award-winning Brie Larson and Academy Award-winning Rami Malek. We don't get to see some of these people who are new or coming up and allowing them to shine in, in something really juicy like this. That said, yes, of course, required. 
Yeah, I agree. And it never comes off as like melodramatic or too heavy handed or like, hey, we're talking at your heartstrings right now. It just happens like very right. authentically. And I think that's because of these strong performances and because the script is so strong, it really just like captures the the genuine like empathy of all these characters. Yeah. Hell yeah, empathy. <laughs> Fucking empathy, bro. Yeah, no, I I, I, I I think you make a good point. There's a few reality shows that I, I've seen recently and my criticism has been like, you're, um, you're trying to emotionally manipulate me and the rest of the people there in, in, in a way that I can see it. And I don't like, if I can see it, then it's not fun. It's not, I can't get sucked into it. So like having that empathy feel genuine is everything. Listen, Dan, shall we wrap this up? Let's do it. Listen, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more help, <laughs> you know, subscribe. That's all. That's all I have to do. Subscribe. If you want to hear more, subscribe. We're we're very appreciative of the subscriptions and the people listening as humanly possible. And give us a, a rate and review. And as those things start to pour in, we'll start to read them out loud and give you guys shout outs. So we appreciate everything that you've done. Again, we're we're starting something new here. So yeah, stick around to catch us. I guess personally, you, you can catch me at Trey Epps on Insta. Nope, Trey Epps on Twitter and Trey Epps on Instagram. How about you? Catch me in the streets. Or yep. everywhere else on Danny Taverner. <laughs> uh, and you can catch the show at Required Watching. Required Watch. Excuse me. Everywhere on the internet. And watch, RequiredWatch.com. RequiredWatching.com. I don't know a website. Listen. Find us Google where you find us. Find Google it. Thanks so much, my guy. And until next time. Peace.